Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Happy birthday. Thank you. So, it's not only my birthday, but today is 19 months without a sip of alcohol for either of us. Yes. It's, it's weird to think that it's really been that long. Yeah. Um, so, we have one of the most unique sober days. <laughs> yes, it's Leap Day um, of 2020. No, yeah, 2020. Yeah. Okay. The pandemic has messed up my, like, my time reference, I guess you would say. I would definitely agree. Yeah, it has been some of the most confusing, you know, dates of, like, how long ago was that? How long? Because, like, time kind of, like, stood still for a while. Yeah, like, there, so much of the world just stopped where it was. And that's the thing is, like, so... Because when we quit drinking, you know, all of a sudden lockdown was two weeks later on the 12th. Yeah. So when when we, when I said to you, hey, I want to quit drinking. Yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, let's do that. I want to quit too because, um, like, you know, when we first met, um, I had been not really drinking. Um, but then the following weekend... I went to a brew fest with my friends because the tickets had been bought way in advance and I had been kind of doing like unknowingly like a harm reduction type of thing and just reduced my drinking way down. Um, but then I, you know, set myself on a binge and went a little crazy and had a rough weekend and I know you like to throw this in my face, but I'm going to say it out loud for once. Um, I broke up with you. <laughs> uh, but that was because of me and my own mental health and my relationship with alcohol because I just freaked out and thought like, okay, well, if I can't, you know, keep control of myself and keep my legs closed, I guess, <laughs> um, that I wasn't ready for a relationship yet. So I was like, okay, nope, can't do this, not ready. And that lasted how many days? Two. Yeah. <laughs> and not not because I, like, was begging at the door. I'm not no. trying to be mean. Like, I'm not no, one you of weren't. guys that's going to be like, no, take me back, and I'm going to kill mm -hmm. myself if we don't come back. You know, I was working a program. At, <laughs> so yeah, I, and I was literally like, your response to my text was just like, okay, well, if you change your mind, let me know. But, you know, take care of you type of thing. Like, you weren't you weren't having a meltdown about it. You weren't having a, a man tantrum. But, yeah, so I think that's a lot of the reason why. I mean, on the inside I was, but I wasn't going to project it and make you feel bad no. about it. That wasn't going to, like... No, and even my friends at work you. were, like... So, like, he's not, like, freaking out or hitting you up or stalking you or anything? No. Huh. Like, yeah. I don't know. This one's different. I mean, I did react, like, in a bad way. Like, in a, you know, in a way. <laughs> I did go on five dates in two days to try to... Well, you know... <laughs> do what you do <laughs> i squeeze those dates in real quick <laughs> <laughs> it's like you broke up with me on a monday morning i had three date two dates on a tuesday and three <laughs> on a wednesday and we're back together thursday yeah well you know 
<laughs> I just realized that. Um, so now, when did now you started drinking at an early age? Yeah. Um, I was actually trying to think about this the other day. My brain doesn't recall information. I don't, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of your listeners already know I was just diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and it affects my, my memory recall. Um, but I remember fifth or sixth grade stealing booze from my parents, but I was dumb and I watered it down. So definitely got caught. Everyone gets caught when they water it down. That's I literally just said in my episode today how I specifically didn't water it down because I was so afraid that I would get caught if I even attempted to. And plus, I didn't want to go back to drink it again and have it watered down <laughs> liquor when I came back to it. Let's yeah, be real. Yeah, I wasn't having that kind of forethought. Um, and, I mean, back then it was like peach snobs and... It's cute. yeah. It, it's Cute harmless. Now I'm allergic to peaches, but you know, <laughs> back then I wasn't. And peach schnapps and orange juice, I thought it was just the most sophisticated thing I could put in my body. <laughs> yeah, high class sixth grader right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I was way ahead of my time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and when did it become like you knew that you were drinking for a reason? When I was like 15. Um, my parents were truck drivers and my stepbrothers both lived at home. Um, and let's see, they were, they were definitely both 21 or maybe, maybe the younger one wasn't 21 yet, but he was definitely partying. Um, but I didn't have parents from like <coughs> Sunday afternoon until Friday afternoon most of the time. Sometimes they would surprise me and one of them would come home on a Thursday night and I would get caught with a cigarette or, you know, I'd have to hurry up and hide stuff. Uh, when did you start smoking cigarettes? Oh, I was in seventh grade. Was it, did you just steal one from a parent or was it a friend? Um, it started out as friends, but then I would steal my mom's Montclair ultralights because she kept her cartons in the freezer. That's so, that is so funny because our, my mom caught me with cigarettes when I was, uh, probably in ninth grade and I told her, told her they're one of my friends, I forget who. And so to preserve, I don't, she put them, she put the pack in the freezer in tinfoil and she says, when you see him again, give him his cigarettes back and tell him you can't hold him anymore. But like, <laughs> held him in the freezer. Oh, Tracy. <laughs> so it's so funny that, you know, Dee Dee keeps <laughs> her yeah. cigarettes in the freezer too. It must be a generational thing because nobody my age yeah. keeps cigarettes in the freezer. No. Um, <laughs> I don't, I really don't understand it. Um, Nothing like a nice cold cigarette in the morning. They did taste different. Did if they? they were, if it was a pack fresh out of the freezer, they did taste different. I gotta try this theory. Go for it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, at least the freezer is right by the door that you go out to smoke. So it's pretty true. That's where I'll leave them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So now you're 15, and when are you like you're going out and partying or throwing parties at the house? Um, my stepbrothers would have parties at the house on occasion. Um, but they were very like they didn't want me in their social life, and uh, rightly so. I was a child, um, and technically my mom and their dad were leaving me under their care so you know they had to tell me no most of the time um but yeah I skipped a lot of school um but I never failed a grade um I stayed on cheerleading squads I was very active um and like school stuff I just you know, was a degenerate. <laughs> now, when you said, now, when did you run away? Well, I didn't really run away. I was invited to leave the house. That have anything to do with drinking? Um, actually, uh, it was alcohol fueled, but that was like the undertones. Um, cause I had been partying a lot that week and I hadn't been home and I hadn't been doing my chores um and one of my stepbrothers um was insisting that I take garbage out and you know I had some not so nice teenage angsty words for him um and he uh chokeslammed me into the wall and I broke a picture frame with the back of my head and I had bruises all around um and then he choked me on my bed for a, a few minutes and I tried to kick him off whatever I don't remember a lot of those details but um that following weekend my mom and I were like running errands together or something and she noticed a mark on my neck and she was kind of being a smart ass and she asked if it was a hickey from my boyfriend and I just broke down and I was like no this is what happened and um so like that set off a lot of drama in the house um and yeah so I was invited to leave the house the plan originally was that I was gonna have to go and stay with my grandparents <laughs> no you don't tell that to a 15 year old they don't want to hear that they have friends they have a social life <sighs> They don't want to go stay with their grandparents. Um, but that's what my family always did though with like teenagers. If they were acting out, they got sent to grandma's house and grandma straightened them the fuck out. Um, but I wasn't all about that. So I was like, no, I'm staying here. Well, then you can't stay here. So first I stayed with um, a, an ex step cousins and their mom their Ooh. parents were divorced I was so confused no. I thought you meant like an ex like a boyfriend no. and then you said step cousin I'm like wait no. your ex boyfriend it's, was your step cousin <laughs> it's very complicated <coughs> it's so weird um but it's my stepdad's late brother's ex-wife they had been divorced before he died but I was living with them for a little while um but, like, things kept going missing, and, like, it just wasn't the healthiest place for me to be, so I took were it you, upon myself. Were you stealing? 
No. Oh, okay. No, I was being stolen from. Oh, oh, okay. And I, I remember one morning, um, the one cousin that was closest to my age had found my diary and my stuff, and we were on the bus to school, and she stood up and started reading my diary aloud on the school bus. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That was that was awful, and so I took it upon myself then to find other accommodations. Um, I stayed with uh, Tish that you that you met, who mm -hmm. handled my divorce. Um, I stayed with her for a couple of months. Um, that was probably the most comfortable I was, and it was the most like normal household. Um, but then, like that was way out in the country. I didn't like that either, so I got, you know, the itch when it came springtime, because I lived out there for the wintertime. Um, and then in the spring, I found different accommodations, staying with a friend, but then um, as things got warmer, I was car hopping, sleeping in friends' cars. Um, I camped out on a friend's brother's trampoline for a little while. Uh, they they are comfortable to sleep on. They are. They are. And I mean, honestly, if you've never slept on a trampoline under the stars, you should do it. I highly recommend it. But as like a living arrangement, no, it doesn't it doesn't really work that well, especially when it rains and you wake up covered in dew. So, you better have some place dry to keep your clothes. <laughs> uh, Is that why you get sick? That was when I got sick, was when I was sleeping outside. Well, and, you know, because of, I would imagine if it rained overnight, and, so, you got pneumonia, right? Um, no, I had a staph infection. A bad staphylococcus infection. Um, I, my, all of my glands were, like, swollen out of my neck. Um, and my armpits and stuff. Um, and I had been ignoring like all of that and the cough and the headaches and everything. I had still been going to school. Um, but then I got so sick that it was actually the staph infection was coming out in my skin. Um, and it, it burned and it itched and I couldn't take it anymore. It was driving me crazy. So, um, my friend's brother where I was sleeping on the trampoline um, they lived right near the hospital. So I went to the hospital then and they contacted children and youth, domestics, whatever you want to call it, um, who then were like, well, where's your mom? Where's your parents? And yeah, mom swooped in, mother of the year, took me home. And that's when I got to go back home. But I was sleeping outside or living outside of my house and bouncing around to people's houses for 10 months easily. Um, but during that time, I was living on a whopping 20 bucks a week, smoking cigarettes, drinking almost every single day, smoking weed, um, and feeding myself. <laughs> well, I, you know, not to be sexist against men, but I think it's easier for, you know, a girl to get cigarettes and get alcohol and 100%. weed. 100%. It's so much <laughs> easier. $20 can stretch a long way for a woman compared to a man. Yes, but sometimes it's what you have to do for those things that really fuck you up. So, 
No, um, I know that. But there's also the a lot of times where it's like just, you know. Oh, yeah, we can just smile and bat our eyelashes sometimes. Yeah, it's more like, I know I was susceptible on the other side where I'll be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> here's a drink. Oh, yeah, here's a blunt. Oh, yeah, yeah. here's a cigarette. Yeah. And not expect anything in return, just trying to, you know, be nice. Well, yeah, I mean, you're a nice guy, so of course. But... Um, the way I was, I was raised though, and the way that I, my like mind was programmed, I guess, um, my, uh, physical mattered the most, how I looked, I had to be pretty, I had to always present as pretty, I had to be beautiful, I had to act like classy, um, you know me, I'm not. <laughs> How did the school, did they, like, not know? Some people at the school knew. Like, my cheerleading coach, she knew. Um, I actually slept on her couch a couple of times. I guess it was different in the 90s compared to now with what you know with, like, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I graduated in 2002, but this stuff was happening, like, 99. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That was, it was a really rough time. Um, I definitely slept in more car back seats and more like weird little rigged up camping situations like that trampoline than I slept in beds for that amount of time. No wonder why you always shoot down my idea to camp out in the back seat. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. And like, I always loved camping as a kid. But as an adult, I've only gone, like, three times, maybe. I'm pretty sure it's three times more than I have as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so, wait. So, now you're back at home. Now, do you get back into drinking again? Yeah. So, that didn't stop. No. infection. No. Um, after I got better from the staph infection, like, I was on a tighter leash. Um, but whenever they were working, I was doing whatever I wanted to. Um, I remember one Thursday night, we had all been drinking at some place out, I don't even know where we were, but, um, a couple of my girlfriends that I, you know, smoked and drank with, and a bunch of our redneck friends, guy friends, were all out at some trailer in the middle of nowhere, and I remember being violently ill from drinking too much. I threw up on one of my friends. Um, How old were you? 15. Okay. 16. That might have been 16. But, um, yeah, I threw up on one of my friends. And then um, I finally got a ride home. And didn't realize when I got home that my mom and stepdad were in the kitchen and that's where like the sliding glass door goes into the house. So yeah, I pulled the sliding glass door, pulled the curtain and I walk in and there's my stepdad sitting at the table and Dee Dee's in the laundry room and I am definitely drunk. Like there's no mistaking it. I fall over trying to take my shoes off and I'm like, no, I'm just really tired. I'm going to bed. I don't even know what time it was. I just know that it was way past when I was supposed to be home and they were not pleased with me. Now, were you punished for that? I really don't remember. I might have been grounded for a week or something. 
Yeah, I might have been grounded. But that never really stopped you. Mm-mm. Or learned any lessons. No. <laughs> no. So, how does that drinking look like in your 20s, though, in comparison to the slow down at all, or did it pick up even more? Because you went, oh. like, you went away to college. Oh, yeah, and I went to one of the biggest party schools in Pennsylvania, right here in Bloomsburg. Um, like, almost everybody in, like, the eastern part of the state knows about black party that happens around here every April. Um, and I knew people from like two grades ahead of me that had already graduated and were already down here. They already knew how to party down here where everything was. And most of them were turning 21 my freshman year. So it was nice and easy for you to... Oh yeah, I slid right into it. Um, one of my stepbrothers, their girlfriend was going to school down here and Didi was all, oh yeah, Lauren, you're going to watch out for Mikey, right? Oh yeah, she watched out for me. <laughs> she kept me safe for the most part. Um... But I definitely had alcohol poisoning when I was in college. Uh, got to have a breathalyzer in my dorm room because I had been raising a ruckus with alcohol poisoning and screaming and puking everywhere. So they called campus security. And uh, yeah, the, the campus cop that came in my room to do my breathalyzer looked like my mother. So, full-blown panic attack, <laughs> and they couldn't get a reading on the breathalyzer <laughs> because I was having such a bad panic attack. So, I didn't catch charges. I got lucky. You didn't learn any lessons. Nope. No lessons learned. Went back out drinking a couple of days later when the hangover subsided. Might have actually drank that day. It was probably that day, because back then we were all like, oh, hair of the dog. Ugh. Yeah. So, but you weren't still mixing in other substances, though. You were, like... Oh, in college is when I um, tried Coke. Okay. Um, that was my first time with Coke. That was also my first time um, doing... Uh, a keg stand. Mm. I'd sense. been to a bunch of keg parties in high school, but my first keg stand was here in college and it was a bad idea same night that you did coke actually yes um and that was at a party i think at the baseball house i don't even remember knowing anybody that played baseball but i was there i could see them liking coke you know but you didn't but you didn't do coke much after that um i dabbled in it a little bit with the one roommate that i had um, but I didn't like, I didn't like putting anything up my nose. I hated the drip. It always made me want to throw up. Mm -hmm. Like I would sit there and try to ignore it, but I'd be gagging on it. Yeah. It, and it's, miserable. It's definitely an acquired taste for those who don't know. Like, you know, whenever you do sniff something, you almost feel like a mucus. Yeah. Like I hanging down. <laughs> and sometimes it tastes good and sometimes most of the time it does not do not recommend yeah it's not something that i <laughs> even like thinking about now because no. i hated it then i know people that do like the drip from coke but i never no no um so but but you were still back in the party and though like that was mm -hmm. your thing oh yeah yeah um i eventually dropped out uh right around my 21st birthday actually um because <laughs> I mean, I was running out of money, and I had moved off campus with my boyfriend, who was from my high school. Like, 
he moved here with me. He wasn't a student. He moved oh, here okay. with me. Okay. Um, and we had an apartment off campus. Um, he was a pizza delivery guy, and I sold Avon. And when my 21st birthday was rolling around, finals week was actually, like, my birthday was going to fall on finals week. So I, like a fucking adult, decided, mm, I think I'm going to drop out next semester. I'm not even going to go to my finals. So that I could party for my 21st birthday. Sounds accurate. Yeah, but then I didn't even get to go out that night. I had a big party. My brother Ryan was living in Virginia at the time, I think. Or Cooperstown. I can't remember. He moved around so much. Um, but my brother Ryan came from out of town. Peggy came up because she was living in the D.C. area then. Um, and they were going to, you know, we were all going to have a party at my apartment. And then at midnight go out. I didn't even make it to midnight. Um, I ended up, I went into my bathroom to just go pee. But as I was trying to unbutton my pants, I lost my balance and fell backwards into the tub and ripped the whole shower curtain down around me. Been there. So all that they could see was my legs and shower curtain. <laughs> I've been there, um, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was in high school when that happened at somebody's party, and it's not... It's never a good time. It's not a good look. No. Uh, so then I didn't make it to the bar. I was put to bed. My sister put me to bed. Thank God somebody was there, like an adultier adult, because mm -hmm. if it had just been all my friends and I, uh, who knows? You would have been. You would have went out still. <laughs> yeah, my brother ended up going out with all my friends, and he met himself um, somebody that was in the college edition of Playboy Bunny of Playboy magazine. I mean, um, so he was happy. Oh, I'm it's sure like, yeah. he was. I don't think he hooked up with her. No, but, but still. Yeah, he got uh, he got to leave town having met somebody that was in Playboy magazine. Yeah. So. Now, um, did they? Now, did your brother's sister even know at the time that like you were quitting school to party? I said something to my sister actually in the parking lot of the liquor store. Oh, so you waited till they got there to announce that? Like, by the way, like me doing this means I'm not going back to school. Yep. Not in so many words. It's sort of along you those lines. Beat it around the bush for yeah. about half an hour. Yeah. And then never really closed up the other end of it and left it open ended. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't have like time to go to class. I needed to work to pay bills and like I was waitressing at a Cracker Barrel. Um, like, you know, those places with the gift shop and oh, the blueberry I, pancakes. Oh, and, I know Cracker Barrel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I worked there for a while. Um, I had three stars. I helped train people. I, I actually really liked that job. I liked my coworkers. Got engaged to one of the grill cooks that, that worked there. We drank a lot together. Wait, was he the boyfriend you lived with from town? Uh-huh. Oh, from he, here. Yeah. Wait. Not Mark. I broke up with Mark. Okay, so the one from your 21st birthday. <laughs> yeah, I broke up with him that February. Okay, and then you start. when did you work at Cracker Barrel already? I was already working at Cracker Barrel. I broke up with him in February that winter that I turned 21. Um, yeah. Because we would fight a lot because I was going out to bars. Now that I, like, could... Like, I could get into some bars here in town with my friends. It was just like, oh, well, here's my ID. Yeah. Um, 
but once I was officially 21 and I could go to like the one karaoke bar here in town and I could get into all the other places, that's all I wanted to do. Um, and from then, really until, until I got married the first time, I was just a bar fly. Um, I drank a lot and always in bars. When did you start working in bars? When did you leave Cracker Barrel, the job you liked, to work in a bar? <laughs> um, well, from Cracker Barrel, I then worked for Charlie Brown's Steakhouse. They briefly opened a spot. Aldi's is there now. Okay. Um, but I hated tip sharing, and that's what they did there. So when I quit there, I uh, worked at the call center the first time for, like, a couple of months. I hated answering phone calls, customer service. I couldn't stand it. So talked myself into quitting that to bartend at two different bars. At one point, it was three different bars. I was a shooter's girl at a hotel bar. Um, I was bartending uh, like two or three days a week at Cobblestone. And then I was bartending a couple of days a week at what was then Rick's Rusty Rudder. There's some wonderful names in the middle of nowhere in rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> I know. Bars. Well, Rick's Rusty Rudder then got sold. <laughs> Rick's Rusty Rudder. Oh, yeah, and I got hired at that place by a gay couple because I had boobs. That is amazingly... It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They were wonderful people. Um, I'm still friends with Ricky. Um, does he still have a Rusty Rudder? No, he does not. Okay. He's a... <laughs> A geologist, I believe. Like, he's brilliant. You know who else is a geologist? Who? Stan Marsh. Yes. <laughs> You're right. Or Randy Marsh. Randy Marsh is <laughs> yes. a geologist. Yes, Randy. How um, could you forget? Where? Oh, you moved Randy. Randy's right there. <laughs> so, all this time of, like, were, were you drinking while you're... Well, I couldn't drink behind the bar. I know, but nobody can drink behind the bar. No, I definitely, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I was really good about that. Um, Mostly because I was so, like, terrified of losing my job. So I knew other bartenders that did it, but I didn't fuck around. Um, But as soon as I was done, oh, yeah, I was sitting down and I was having a shift drink. Or two. Mm -hmm. Or seven. Or 12. Or, I don't know, a lot. Um, I know one night I had gone out for, I think it was dollar rum and Cokes. I'd had 18 double rum and Cokes, and then I did snow angels on the uh, sidewalk outside of my house. And then stripped down and passed out in a pool of my own puke inside my living room. So, yeah. My beautiful wife. I know. I'm so classy. That's also when I was getting into a lot of fights in bars, too. So, where that, so, is it? Why were you getting into fights? Liquor. Ah, okay. So beer, you're okay, or yep. wine, you're okay, but mm-hmm. liquor is a big fat no no. Because we didn't really drink that much. Like we drank, you know, nine months not alcoholically mm-hmm. um, together. But it was like y- you would get like wine, not wine coolers, but like ciders and like shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like white claws and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I like the seltzers. I liked wine. Um, but I would drink like vodka and I would drink um, like margaritas. And I drank Jack Daniels. Yeah, I can't do Jack Daniels. Now, whiskey is what made you mean. Whiskey is definitely what made me mean. Oh, excuse me. Um, whiskey got me in a lot of fights. Like, 
not just like physical, but I would just say the nastiest, most awful stuff to people without even hesitating. Um, like I would heckle karaoke singers at the bar. Of course you would. Like not just like from my chair, like I would get up close and try to sing over them and I was fucking obnoxious. Um, so I stopped drinking whiskey <laughs> and went to bourbon instead because that didn't make me quite as mean, it just made me dumb. Um, and yeah, uh, Jim Beam, Jim Beam and Coke or Jim Beam and Pepsi, that was my cocktail of choice for a long time. Um, and I drank a lot of Jaeger back then too. I think everybody drank oh. a lot of Jaeger in like mid 2000s. I knew three people that had Jaeger taps in their apartments at the time. I get, my apartment had every single size bottle of Jaeger from the airplane bottle to like the giant size like bottle. Like the big jug. Yeah, but yeah. I had every size like as like a little like display on of top of my refrigerator. Did. Of course you did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jaeger's huge. I think my ex fiance, Kevin, the one that I met at Cracker Barrel. Um, I think we had one in our kitchen, but I, I was really drinking a lot back then. Oh, the Jaeger, just, that taste is just, oh, I'm so glad <laughs> I don't drink this shit anymore. And you throw up black from it. It's not good. No. It's not. And then you drink a lot of Red Bulls, and then it's, oh. yeah. Uh, All <laughs> um, the power puking from... <laughs> From Jaeger bombs. That happened to me a lot. Now, the, so drinking has something to do with, you know, your first, boy, like, serious boyfriend, you guys. Now, yep. did drinking have anything to do with, did he drink as much as you did? Kevin? The, your fiance. The, um, the one yes. Who, uh, he was he was a captain and Coke drinker. Or even just straight captain. Like, he would just put captain in a cup and just drink it. Oh. Gives me shivers just thinking about it. Um... But yeah, he would he would drink himself to oblivion whenever he could. Um, now, <laughs> I feel like a lot of like the bad karma that I have had in my life came from that relationship because we were just shitty people together. Um, like we played a uh, April Fool's joke on people at work. Uh, I had a fake diamond ring from Walmart, one of those like five dollar rings that you can buy. Yeah. Um, we told everybody at work that we got engaged. They took us out to, like, Rosemary's, that nice little spot in that alley that I pointed out to you. Mm -hmm. We had, you know, lobster ravioli and a bunch of drinks on everybody else's dime and then told them, hey, just kidding. Um, so, yeah, then we, when we really did get engaged down the line, nobody gave a shit. No. <laughs> I was going to say, no one's going to care at that point. No, and I think all of my friends also knew that, like, I wasn't... It wasn't a healthy relationship. I didn't belong in that relationship. A lot of them tried to talk me out of that relationship. My sister um, called him Snake. She couldn't remember his name. Of course. Or she wouldn't didn't. remember his name, I guess, is yeah. more accurate for Peggy. Um, so, yeah, everybody just called him Snake. Because he had a green mohawk and, like, big gauged out ears. <laughs> I've always... Had a type. <laughs> I've always just, I don't know, made weird choices. <laughs> You're looking at it. <laughs> um, I guess it's just I don't judge a book by its cover. So, yeah. yeah. So, but basically, alcohol had a lot to do with why you guys didn't work either. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Um, 
Mm -hmm. We actually broke up for a little while. He kicked me out of the house for, I'd say, a week. Um, his best friend at the time let me crash at his house. I'm not going to say that nothing happened. So that was pretty, like, ridiculous. Um, but then, yeah, he asked me to come back home, and I went back home, and they continued being friends, and it was just like nothing ever happened. It was fine. So toxic. Yeah, kind of. So toxic. And how soon after you guys officially broke up did you meet your future husband? Oh, that there was a big gap. There was a whole other relationship in there, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> after Kevin was a brief thing with um, uh, one of my friend's husband's brothers, but that didn't last. Um, and then that's when I met Jeremy. Jeremy was, I think, my karma for Kevin and Mark for, like, breaking their hearts. Jeremy came along, and he, I got a taste of my own medicine. How so? Um, Jeremy cheated on me. He stole money from me. He stole my car. Um, he didn't work a job the entire time that we were in a relationship. Um, Is he the reason you ran yourself over? No, that was when I was with Kevin. Okay. That's when I was with Kevin. Were Kevin you drunk got that sick. Night? No, I was sober when I ran myself over. I had just gotten out of work and I went home and he was he wasn't officially living with me yet, but he had a key to my apartment. And I went home and he was like on the couch and he had a rag on his head and he was just sweating, checked his temp, and he needed to go to the hospital. Well, back then the uh the hospital here in Bloomsburg was not Geisinger. Geisinger was the preferred ER for everybody around here back then. So I drove all the way to Danville. I had never driven to this hospital before, um, so didn't realize that it was a gated parking lot. Uh, pulled up to the gate in my um, 97 Dodge Intrepid. I'm all of five foot three and my arms are not long, so I couldn't reach the button to make the gate go up. <clears throat> instead of I don't know thinking like a responsible adult um, I was panicked and I didn't put the car in park I didn't I was just stupid I had my right foot on the brake I opened the car door I stepped my left foot out onto the ground and I'm reaching for the button to lift the gate up in front of me and my right foot decides, wait, <laughs> we don't like this. Mutiny! And it slides off the brake and slams onto the gas. So um, I got dragged underneath my car as it went through the gate because I still didn't hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> so you took out the thing too? Yep, like the, the, gate, the, the gate arm was all fucked up. Um, and I stood up after running over myself and like, I'm trying to find my flip flop. I'm barefoot. My foot is mangled, um, but it's stuck underneath the tire. So I get back in the car, I back it up just a touch, get my flip flop, still put it on my mangled foot. And then I get back in the car and I'm like, all right, so what do we do now? Might as well finish driving through it. So I drove the rest of the way through the gate. Yeah, um, parked it in a parking spot, 
mind you, Kevin is still like in and out of consciousness in the passenger seat. <laughs> he had briefly woken up just enough to yank the wheel so that I didn't hit a very expensive Mercedes SUV. Um, but yeah, so I got out of the car and I'm, you know, stumbling back like I'm going to go bend the gate back down. <laughs> And I'm just going to make it all right. And nobody's going to know. And I'm going to get Kevin inside. And everything is going to be fine. But then I get like three steps away from the back of the car. And I hear, oh my God, are you okay? I saw everything. And no shit, my first reaction is, fuck, there's witnesses. So then the, the, <laughs> the hospital rent-a-cops come. Um, I have to get into their rent-a-cop SUV and they drove me down to the door to the ER and the other one got in my car and drove Kevin down to the ER door. Kevin got to go in for, you know, getting his vitals and they were actually tending to him, thankfully, because he was very ill. Um, me, not so much. I got like a hundred questions. They ran blood panel on me to make sure I wasn't um, intoxicated, which I wasn't. I was perfectly sober. It was just one of those moments. <laughs> um, but the whole time that they're treating Kevin, he's in, you know, a nice little triage room and he's getting fluids and all the stuff that he needs. I'm sitting in a wheelchair in the hallway outside of triage. And I think that Geisinger must have sent out some kind of memo or there was like some kind of, there was some communication sent out. Like, hey, <laughs> some crazy bitch just drove through a parking lot gate and ran over herself. You can see her outside of triage room three, first floor, because dozens of nurses and doctors had come up to me, <coughs> lifting up my ice packs, checking my dressing, and going, so you're the one that drove through the gate? Yep. <laughs> and then they'd walk away. Like, are you my doctor? No. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. I just, you know. I, was, I wasn't sure which boyfriend I was. Okay, that so, was Kevin. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this other one is the one that, you know, was kind of like me in addiction. Yes. Um, he, was a, he was a piece of shit. Um, yeah. and he was, he was an addiction. Okay. Um, during my time with him, I was, uh, dosed with Suboxone without my knowledge, um, by his drug dealer that I thought was just his friend. We were in their living room and, you know, I was complaining of a headache and I was going to call off at work for the night. Um, and as soon as I called off, he's like, oh, um, John has medicine that might help your headache. So... Back he comes with, and he, he, he's biting this pill in half. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Whatever. And he's like, here, put it under your tongue. Okay. You took a half of Suboxone? Yes. For those who don't know, that is way too much to take, even if you're in withdrawals. Um, I felt fucking amazing. Well, yeah, because it's mm -hmm. a, when, when, if you're not withdrawing from any kind of opiates and you take Suboxone... It's basically a, like heroin, like yeah. a pill version of heroin. Yeah, I didn't know it until the next day. Because um, I had spent the night with my boyfriend that night at his house. Well, his mom's house, because he didn't have a job. Yeah. Um, and when I woke up the next morning, I still felt good. But 
I was more clear-headed. So I asked Jeremy, I was like, you know, can you ask John like what that medicine was so I can ask my doctor for it? Because I was seeing a doctor for migraines. But the stuff that I had been given for my migraines wasn't really working or it just made me go to sleep. That stuff made me feel like amazing. No pain whatsoever. I was happy. I was great. But then I found out why. And he's like, yeah, you can't have what John gave you. That was Suboxone. So he knew. His dealer knew. His dealer's wife knew. Were they just trying to help the symptom of a headache? Or were they trying to see if you'd be... I don't get it. I, I still don't under... I didn't go back in their house ever. I would imagine. But it did take away your headache, I'm sure. Yeah, it took yeah. away my headache. It was amazing. Yeah. But... Um, so yeah, that gave me massive trust issues about like medicine and like taking medicine from anybody, which is probably why I never really got a pill habit. It's probably why I went back to drinking where you know where it comes from. Exactly. And I was smoking a lot of weed then too. Um, cause that's what, to my knowledge, we were buying from this guy was just weed. Oh, okay. But it's not, um, like Jeremy would disappear for like two days sometimes and then I would find out like months down the road because one of his buddies would slip up and say something that really they were having a coke bender at their buddy's house and had a bunch of like girls there. And I was like, oh, so that's where you were. Um, yeah. But did what, I learn lessons? What ended up causing this relationship to end? Um, I got really sick and tired of him not having a job. Um, and one of my friends, my beautiful best friend, Tessa, um, she was like, hey, get rid of him and I'll move in with you and help you pay your bills. But you got to get rid of him first. And she was also in a toxic relationship with a Jeremy right before that. So we kind of made this like anti-Jeremy pact. <laughs> and we became roommates. And that was it was definitely like my best party years when I was living with Tessa and it was probably the most fun that I've had in my life um but yeah <laughs> yeah so when did you start like drinking more to medicate um actually um like with purpose and like I wouldn't say alcoholically. Any of them could have been considered alcoholically. I was I was drinking a lot to avoid like dealing with my shit, like my mental health, because I've always had anxiety and depression. Like I can remember, like having anxiety attacks in high school, but not knowing that they were anxiety attacks because people didn't talk about that stuff back then when we were kids. Yeah. Um, but I got diagnosed with anxiety when I was 29, got diagnosed with anxiety and depression. But for, so for like 15 years, I was just medicating myself with weed and alcohol. Um, and you know, dabbling in other things here and there. But then I started having all these weird injuries, like, um, like after I started having those migraines, and I was getting treated for those, then, like, I, I hurt my wrist, I hurt my knee, and for all of these injuries, I was getting prescription painkillers, and I liked to drink on those. I didn't like the 
the painkillers by themselves. That didn't do anything for me. But if I was using those and then drank, it felt great. So I did that quite a bit. And I was almost constantly dealing with some injury for the better part of 10 years. So yeah, definitely self-medicating a lot. And I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't have um, like, I didn't always need the painkillers. So that's why I don't think that I had like an opiate problem. Um, because I didn't feel anything if I took them on their own. Well, and you weren't even doing opiates. You were doing narcotics. Yeah. You were taking like, what was it, like Vicodin or um, Tramadol? Well, no, I would get Oxy too. Oh, you would? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. But I didn't like it. It made me nauseous. But I would drink to like distract myself from that and then end up throwing up yeah. all night. So, you know, that's really healthy. Yeah. So is and that's when now you're married. Yes, I didn't marry Jeremy. I finally had things with him, and then um, I met Richie actually at what used to be Rick's Rusty Rudder. Um, it was Artie's Roadhouse, and the people that own it as Artie's Roadhouse had fired me actually as a bartender shortly after they took over. <clears throat> um, and apparently, it hired him in my space because he started there shortly after I was let go um but after I broke things off with Jeremy and I was going out to the bars and stuff again I ran into him and we started dating and I didn't I wasn't real sure I was actually um briefly dating one of his co-workers too um but like we were in the same circles for a while and then you know we <clears throat> We got engaged, we got married, we have a son together. Um, I raised his 18-year-old son since he was seven, so he's he's my kid. Um, he just graduated last year. Our child together is in second grade, and you're helping me raise Dominic as well. Yep, we are co-parenting with Richie. Yes, and... You know, no matter what happened with the divorce, we're in a good space now. Yeah. Yeah, like, we can all communicate, and we can exist in the same spot, space socially. Oh, yeah, we definitely, all three of us, get along really easily. We communicate yeah. all together. I mean, you know, I've picked up Jacob, you know, your stepson, yeah. you know, for yeah. work, giving him rides, because, you know, Richie will be a worker, and I'm available. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely a healthy, you know, Yeah, we operate more situation. as a team. Yeah. Now, so, but I do have to add, did I forget... Did drinking have anything to do with your post? Because you had a traumatic birth with Dominic. Yes. Um, a lot of my PTSD actually comes from when Dominic was born. Can um, we talk about? We can. Okay. We can. Uh, it was not an easy pregnancy to start with. And actually, it's and very you, And you great. had quit drinking, right? This was the first time you would ever quit drinking. Yeah. The, that was yeah. the longest stint of sobriety that I had before now. Yeah, okay. Um, like, I drank up until I found out I was pregnant. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. no I was, I was, like, six, two weeks. Yeah. I was two weeks along when I found out. Which so it's is not really like, fast to yeah. find out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's really fast. But, yeah. like, I felt off. I didn't feel right. And then my period was a couple days late. And I took, like, a bunch of pregnancy tests that week. 
Um, I just think of knocked up when I have like the bed filled with different pregnancies. It was exactly like that. Tessa was actually spending the week with me for fair while um, my husband Richie. So you and you and Tessa were just like that scene of those two just checking them. Precisely. (laughs) There was I think seven of them lined up on my counter that were all just like in the in the movie where like she took one just to see if it would come. I'm gonna have to ask her. I don't remember. (laughs) Um, She might have. But I remember Knocked Up came out right around that general time, too. No. It, it, it been was a few years, years before. before. Yeah, a few yeah. years before, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I definitely watched that it a lot would, when it, I was pregnant. Yeah, that's what I mean. It would have been out and just, like, easily accessible. Yeah, I think we time. actually watched it the night after we found out I was pregnant. I feel like I, most women probably do. Where, yeah. Like, when they find out that like, and <laughs> what other movie did I watch? Uh, what to Expect When You're Expecting. Is that that really graphic thing? No, that, it, okay. it was a comedy. Oh, okay. It was a comedy. I was going to um, guess three men and a baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway. Tom Selecian mustache. Oh, yes. Yes. That is so, so <laughs> regal. I'm so um, glad you shaved for this. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I did pull out that giant whisker from my jawline the other day. That was great. That was like an inch long. I know, I'm really upset. I really like playing with it. Did you play with it? My finger when I was like, asleep? Yeah, I would just twirl See it. See how you are? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, the pregnancy was rough. Yes, it was really rough. I was sick a lot. Um, a lot of morning sickness. A lot of foods made me nauseous. Um, but... I ate a lot of vegetables because that was, like, the one thing that didn't make me feel sick. Because you're allergic to a lot of, like... Yes, I'm allergic to a lot of fruit. Like... So, yeah, apples, peaches, pears, plums, and tree nuts. And Christmas trees. And Christmas trees. And grass. And grass. (laughs) Yeah. So... When we leave the meeting center, we put her into a bubble, and then we just roll her down (laughs) and get her home that way because we live around the corner. (laughs) Because um, she can't step on grass. No, it's not that bad, but it's bad. Um, so, now, that, that, I'm sure that has something to do with it. If your body's always rejecting everything, all of a sudden there's a human inside of it, it's got to be like... Yeah. yeah. Um, and I knew that I was only going to do this once. After, like, after I got, like, a few months in and... Wait. What? You can't get pregnant again? <laughs> nope. All right. This is going to be awkward for the rest of the interview. I'm really heartbroken. I did not know this in per- no. Sorry, you can't be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to keep trying. All right. Practice <laughs> is the best part. Yes, yes. So anyway. Um, so I was sick a lot, and I had symptoms of uh, preeclampsia, like high blood pressure during pregnancy. So, um, like, my legs and my feet were really swollen. I was sick a lot. Um... My blood pressure was crazy high. I developed uh, gestational diabetes, so I had to check my blood sugar all the time. I had to be on a diet. Um, so it was it was really hard. Plus, I was the supervisor for a group home for young men with autism. So I had a stressful job. I um, was I was married, and you know I had a stepson who at the time wasn't real sure how they felt about me having a baby. Jacob was mostly excited, but I think he still was kind of like, "Eh, I don't know. Um, Yeah. I mean, he's only what, 10, 11, 12 years old. I mean, at the time that's, you know, you're, you don't know what to expect. No. Um, but so I was due June 6th. So 
um, due date was 6-6. Baby was conceived on uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Um, because I got my husband at the time wine drunk and bound to go bow wow. That's how babies are made, kids. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I kind of knew I was going to have a devil inside of me. Um, but then end of April, we had just had, um, the baby shower and I had just been in the room for my friend's my friend giving birth to who is now Dominic's best friend um and then I was at work one day and I went out to move my car so that for parking purposes and as I was about to get back out of my car I just felt this gush and this this pain like I just got stabbed like right in the gut and I look down and it's just blood and it's there's so much of it it's like bubbling between between my legs and it's on the floor of the car and it's just fucking everywhere. So I had the door open and a couple of um, the staff members were actually walking out of the door and I was like, hey, can you go inside and get, um, it was Lisette and Annis where the, other, the others uh, work at. Sorry. <clears throat> they went inside and got them. They helped me get out of the car they called Richie, um, they kept asking if I wanted an ambulance, and I'm pretty sure you know what my answer was to that, fuck no, I hate ambulances, um, well then, <sighs> Richie goes and picks Jacob up from school first, and then he comes to pick me up from, from work, drives me to the hospital, the whole time I'm still just bleeding, um, they get me in a room, they get my clothes off of me, and then they're wheeling me to surgery. Um, I could see Richie, he was crying in the hallway, I remember that, that was the last thing I saw before they took me into surgery. Um, and then when I woke up, I was in a recovery room, and all I could see was a clock in front of me, and IVs, and I was in a lot of pain. I just started screaming, where's my baby? Because I obviously was no longer pregnant and there was no nurse nearby. There were other people that were like in varying stages of waking up or still under anesthesia. Finally, a nurse comes in and she's like, I'm sorry, what's wrong? I said, where's my baby? And they're like, what baby? Because that was in general surgery recovery. So this nurse had just heard me screaming and came in. She didn't know. She didn't check my chart. She didn't know what was going on. So then I'm really freaking out. Um, and then it was another hour and a half before I was able to really see him, I think. Because they took me then to my hospital room. He was in the NICU because he was like seven weeks early. Um, so I'm in my hospital room just like, can I please see my baby? Can I please see my baby? Can I please see my baby? Um, and then finally I was able to go and see him, but he had to stay in the NICU for 11 days. I was in the hospital for five days because of how much blood I lost. Um, they had to evaluate me and make sure I didn't need a transfusion or anything like that. Um, but leading up to that, the, the midwife team and my doctors and stuff, while I was still pregnant, kept telling me I didn't have preeclampsia. I was fine. I was even escorted out of the hospital by security. 
because I was having such a fit that they weren't listening to me. And then lo and behold, here we are. And the doctor that actually delivered Dominic then um, by emergency C-section told me I was definitely preeclamptic. So that was at least validating. Yeah, but, but still, it could have, because, you know, it, it's so it's so coincidental to me that, you know, obviously we're married and mm -hmm. that happened and he was born, what, four pounds? Four seven, pounds, yeah. four pounds, yeah. And, you know, my brother got married recently and they had a baby and she was born at 24 weeks with the same thing. Except for the hospital listened when because yeah. it was a different hospital. Let's be real. Yeah. And the hospital listened to her and they took her in and she was safe when it happened. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think it saved Bria's life because Bria was oh, born yeah. what, one pound one ounce. Yes. And like, so tiny. You know, which is you know one fourth the size of Dominic, which is yes. already tiny. Yes. So like, I think if it would have been up here and the hospital would have dismissed her, I don't you know. So I'm so, I think it's just so crazy how, like, because that's not a common thing. No. Well, I mean, it's more common than people really think. Okay. Um, but there's such criteria to meet a diagnosis that a lot of physicians are reluctant to be like, okay, yeah, you have preeclampsia. Even though it would save a mom's life or a baby's life because then there's other steps that have to be taken. Um, but I obviously was working right up until then because I was at work when it happened. Um, but afterwards came the postpartum depression and anxiety and that, that lasted for three years at least. Um, I had to see a therapist. I was on more medication for it. Um, and the antidepressants that I had been on before my pregnancy um, and I was back on, they just weren't effective anymore. So then my doctor wanted to try me on, um, on a different medication. Well, I started taking this medication. I was taking it for maybe two or three weeks and I just wasn't feeling right. Um, I was at work and I really, I thought I was dying. Um, turned out I had serotonin syndrome because the medication and my particular imbalance just weren't working very well so that time I did have to ride in an ambulance to the hospital um, where they instructed me to stop all of my antidepressants so that's what I did and um, shortly thereafter I was so depressed and so anxious and I was such a mess that I would just burst into tears giving the baby a bath I would cry in the middle of a meal. Um, I wasn't sleeping right, and all I wanted to do was not exist anymore. So, I finally, I, I told my, my husband at the time, and I went to the hospital. We lived right around the corner from Bloomsburg Hospital at the time, um, which is now a Geisinger Hospital, and I did a 72-hour hold there. Um, where they got me back on treatment. I'm taking Prozac ever since then. And I have been in a much better state mentally. But Dominic was already three by the time 
I had to check into the hospital. So like I was suffering for a long time. And some people think that postpartum depression is only like while your baby is tiny. No, it goes and it goes and it goes because when you become a mother, you are the life source for a human. Like you are needed all the time and it is so draining. Um, and yeah, the my hormones and my brain chemistry was just completely out of whack and I needed, I needed care. And I haven't had to go back to the hospital since then. Um, when I was released, I did um, IOP, right? Yeah, intensive outpatient. Yes. Which is like group meetings, group yeah. therapy. I loved IOP. I got a lot out of it when I went for rehab. Um, I only did the very minimum IOP because I had to hurry up and get back to work. Yeah, no, I was like, you know, there for there. Yeah. <laughs> I was there for that. <laughs> no, um, I was supposed to be going four days a week, but I only went two days a week because I had to go back to work. Um, but while I was um, hospitalized and going through all of that stuff, we got a new boss at work. And my first conversation with this new boss was from the telephone in the psych ward. So right off the bat, she didn't like me. <laughs> I was that crazy bitch. <laughs> why can't you make it in today, Mikey? Well, I have about 20 uh, hours and I can come in again. Because I'm wearing paper scrubs and the toilet paper is in a hole in the wall and they won't let me have my phone back. I have I have these weird blue socks on. <laughs> With grippy shit on the top and the bottom? I'm really confused. Nobody's wearing shoes. Hold on, let me put another quarter in this. No, hold on. <laughs> Alright, we can keep talking now. Alright, I really gotta go because... Uh, Did they have a this... payphone? Like, no, it I was remember... not a payphone. Okay, because you know, I've been in a relationship with somebody that had mm -hmm. a few stays and they would call me for a payphone. No, ours was not a payphone. Okay. Um, we didn't have to pay to use it. But, like, there was a little sign, like, you know, be courteous. And if somebody was, like, waiting for the phone, you had to hurry up. Yeah. And, um, all right. So, when do you get back into, like, drinking again? Um. Were you drinking while you were, like, in those three years, like, having a tough time? Oh, yeah. I was definitely self-medicating. Um, and actually, before I had gotten pregnant, um, <laughs> I had fallen down the stairs at work and I had to be in a cervical collar for a little while. Um, and during that time I was really drinking a lot and taking muscle relaxers together and um, got myself into quite a bit of trouble without even leaving the house. Uh, a neighbor and I slashed a tire. Um, <laughs> It was a douche and a Jetta that kept speeding up and down the the alleyway between his house and my house, and we would porch drink a lot. Um, and one night we had the perfect amount of alcohol in our system to be like, oh, "Let's do something." And we remind you, I'm wearing a cervical fucking collar and a Beauty and the Beast tank top, <laughs> and we're being stealth. Yeah. Sneaking across the street. Most fucked up version. To slash a Jetta's tires. Charlie's Angels ever. Yes. <laughs> it was the worst. It was the absolute worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember waking up the following morning and being like, what the fuck? I hope the guy with the Jetta do? isn't watching this. 
<laughs> Should I cut this part out? <laughs> I mean, it was a college student. Okay, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, so whoever it was, they probably didn't stick around. I remember the next morning, I think There's it was actually graduating. some college student that's watching this right now going, I live near the hospital and I drove a jet no. through alleys really fast. <laughs> Son of a bitch, <laughs> I ha- that was them. <laughs> No, that was actually, I was living downtown for that part. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was not my finest morning. Uh, um, now, now you definitely gave it away. If they thought it was downtown, I'm like, oh, never mind. I was living downtown well, at the uh, time, so it wasn't college me. apartments all over no, this I know, town. I know. This, it's so weird. It's, I was thinking about it yesterday, how, like, not only in a college town are you reminded of what town you're in all the time by everyone's shirts. Yes. Like, you know, where I grew up, I didn't see people walking around town wearing shirts that Mount from one all the time, well, no. or Audubon, unless they played sports. Yeah. But since you're in a college town, you have the parents of the students, and then you have the alumni of the school, then you have the 8,000 current students that are there, and plus all the teachers and staff. Yep. You see Bloomsburg. You're reminded that you're in Bloomsburg. Oh, yeah. At all times. Yeah. Um, this town definitely functions around the college. And the fair this week. For, yeah, we are staying away. Yeah, for, yeah. for those who like fairs, come on down to the Bloomsburg, Bloomsburg Fair. Fair. Just please don't, you know, park at our house because it's uh, getting ridiculous. Parking. Go and spend the $5 or $6 or whatever it is. Park at the fair. Yeah, those people's houses, they need that $5 for parking to pay their taxes. Yep. So go down there on, it's, where are they at? By like third, where there's so many parking. Let's see, there's um, West 3rd Street. West Main Street, um, Fernville has a couple of places. Railroad Street, there's a few places. And these people are paying their property taxes with the money that they make from people parking in their yards. So go check those ones. If you don't want to park at the fairgrounds and give the fair that money, oh, you can park right next to one of the gates, and it's even more convenient. Yeah, the one on West 3rd by the gas station, there's like four different people's lawns um, by where we get the car fixed at, right down there yeah, at the corner. I can't yeah. remember the cross street. But oh, yeah, they, a third, lot of that. that entire, Anybody that has a yard. It's like a park, usually, like with a swing set. But they're, like, taking nope. down the swing set this time of year. Yes. And um, filled up. There's, like, an RV park Dominic's Elementary School. They usually sell parking spaces there. Oh, I And it, they that, raise yeah. money for the PTA doing that. That makes sense, because it's not that far of a walk. It's no. only a flu box down market, and then yep. you're in that door, in that entrance, right by where the, whatchamacallit right is. Right by the factory. The factory is right yeah. oh, Okay. I've only been at a fair once. It was two years ago because obviously last year it wasn't a fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so now you're drinking this entire time and oh, then you do yeah. this day. Um, have you ever had withdrawals from drinking? Yeah. What was that like? When what, when was it? What was it like? Um, well, I'm pretty sure that my first bout of what I thought was morning sickness when I was pregnant was actually withdrawal. Was it like flu-like sickness? Okay. Um, but... I never, I never got like sick, sick from the withdrawal, but I would get mean, um, and like my normal headaches would just be pounding. So, and because of, with the injury, with the cervical collar, I had chronic migraine. Um, I had a headache that didn't quit ever. I'm sure that had something to do with the eventual MS. Yes. Like the chronic mm. migraines and yeah, it's, it's definitely all connected. Um, but so yeah, like I would withdraw, but it wouldn't get me like 
I wouldn't have to go to the hospital for it or anything. Like, I know some people withdraw bad. I was lucky. You had the, like, mental withdrawals where, like, you needed it because you were having a bad day, but really you weren't really having a bad day. You are just, you were having a bad day because you drank the night before, mm. and you were irritable until you drank again. Oh, yeah. I would drink until I was drunk every night. Like, I wouldn't stop until, like, 1 in the morning. And then I would get up and go to work in the morning. Um, when did you know that that was like, a pr- cause like, you know, your, your first stepdad, you know, he's 30 years sober, 30, mm-hmm. 31 years sober, I think now. Um, so like, you know what AA is, you know what an alcoholic looks like. You've seen him, you saw him get sober as a kid. Mm-hmm. So like, when did you know, like, I shouldn't be drinking like this? I think I always knew. Um, but being a parent is what really made me like see it um the first time that dominic um could remember and tell me about seeing me sick from drinking that was like that was it for me that's when i knew i didn't want to drink anymore when was that because if he was saying it, for those who don't know, he you you taught him sign language. Because he I wasn't did. speaking. He wasn't talking. Um, he didn't talk until well past his second birthday because we had to have early intervention come in. So with him being a preemie, um, that was like extra guilt that added to my postpartum depression too. Sure. Was that he was premature? Um, I was blamed a lot. Uh, for him being premature um, because I did still I didn't completely quit smoking cigarettes Um, but my doctor had advised me I didn't absolutely have to by still having like one or two a day I wasn't hurting the baby yeah, and, and I wasn't and, withdrawn then from nicotine. And that's true because we do know somebody now and she mm-hmm. is about to give birth like next week. Yeah. And she has smoked, not like smoked in a harmful way, but smoked, no. you know, here and there. But she's had a completely healthy pregnancy and she's making it she completely just, to term. And she just, even, she just beat COVID last week. Yes. And she's still. She's a fucking rock star. Yeah. And she's still like about to give birth mm-hmm. to a healthy baby. So, yes. I mean. You know, if that makes you feel any better, like, about oh, the smoking no. and that is, like, I, you know, nowadays, seeing somebody is still, because, like, you know, she gets a lot of looks on the street. Oh, yeah. People shoot her looks, and, you mm-hmm. know, they shouldn't, they don't, they shouldn't judge and because they don't if you're shit. pregnant and you smoke cigarettes and you can quit, good for you. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. But a lot of people can't. They can't quit completely because it puts them under too much stress, and it puts the baby at risk. Yeah. Um, and that's coming from what my doctor said. I'm not a medical professional. That's what my doctor told me during my pregnancy. So if you're pregnant, you listen to your doctor. Um, but so yeah, I was blamed a lot for that. Um, and while he was in the NICU and I got released immediately, I started drinking again because breastfeeding wasn't working. Which I've heard that could be a frustrating thing for a new mom. Oh, so frustrating. Because when your baby is premature, you're not... Uh, ready. Your, your boobs aren't ready yet. Yeah. I've been um, ready for 20 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. They've been ready. They just weren't <laughs> loaded. Um, my milk wasn't coming in all the way. 
Um, and no matter how much I pumped, I, I wasn't producing and I felt so much shame about it until finally one of the NICU nurses was like, hey, a fed baby is a healthy baby. Don't put yourself through this if you don't have to. If it's really making you like this upset, then just stop because it's gonna keep getting worse. Formula is still good. So I finally was like, okay, I don't have, I don't have to do this. And so yeah, I started drinking. Um, Dee Dee was there, she was visiting, staying with me, and then Granny Annie came down and stayed with me until um, Dominic actually was released from the hospital. Mother's Day weekend, he got out of the hospital actually. Um, yeah, but so I drank daily from then on. So, okay, so yeah, you taught him sign language and now he's like a little bit past two. It, how old was he when he said, you know, what did he say and how old was he? Oh, um, maybe four um, when he was really like putting together full sentences because he was going to preschool and... Um, yeah, now he can read. Now he can he's read books. chapter books I mean, now he's stuff. one of he's... the best, you know, at reading comprehension in his grade. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's, he's incredibly smart. Yeah, come a long way from, you know, five years ago when mm -hmm. he was still just, like, I didn't know him then, but, like... Shout out to Teacher Beth for the help in early intervention. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that made such a huge difference. Um, so between the sign language and some of the vocabulary that he was starting to get, he was able to communicate. But then when he was four is when he was really, like, talking in sentences, and he told me... That he remembered me throwing up in a friend's bathroom it had been a new year's party and like all the kids were having a sleepover so the parents could drink yeah you know um and he was in the bathroom with me while i was throwing up and he was like trying to like wipe my face and he kept giving me tissues and um but yeah, when he was four, he told me that he remembered that. He was only two when that happened. He was like, I remember you throwing up at T.T. Nicole's house and you were really sweaty and yeah. So when that happened, I was like, shit, I gotta stop. I can't do this. I can't do this in front of my kids anymore. And it's bad enough that Jacob had seen me and had to deal with me because I wasn't always nice. I said awful things. You made amends with him. Yes, we have talked about it. And he, you know, he's accepted my apology. And I think we have a better relationship now than we than we used to. But, I mean, like, he's 18. We don't talk every single day or anything. But, yeah. You know, but he's, he definitely he's got a job. Respects and, your opinion. Yes. Yes. Um, I love that kid. I'm so proud of him. Um... But, yeah, so that was that was really my, like, awakening, like, it's time. Then, it was around the same time that I had to have surgery for an umbilical hernia. And the doctors told me that I needed to be alcohol-free to have this surgery. Like, I needed to have more than a couple of days. So I was like, all right. I can do this, totally, yep, no problem. I don't have a drinking problem, so we're good. Well, to help this along, a friend of mine <laughs> um, gave me a cookie, an edible, 
and with a warning to um, only eat half so that I would be able to eat something because with this hernia like I couldn't eat a meal I was in so much pain you know the pain I know um, so I get home from work with this green chocolate chip cookie and I go up to my room and I break it in half and I'm eating it and then Dominic is excited because mama's home from work he comes barreling into my bedroom and he sees that I'm holding half a cookie and he's like mama I want cookie I freak out I shove it in my mouth so I've now eaten the entire cookie mind you I hadn't smoked weed in probably five years at this point because I didn't I stopped smoking weed the week that I found out that I was pregnant I quit weed and alcohol at the same time. So I had not had any THC in my system for years. So yeah, I eat this whole cookie. And about an hour or so later, I am high as fuck. Um, got the munchies. <laughs> ate a nice big dinner. Oh, it was amazing. And then I started to get emotional. And I'm getting all, like, confessional with my ex-husband about how I'm just this terrible wife and he deserves so much better. And I'm just, I'm an alcoholic and I know I'm an alcoholic and I'm going to try to quit drinking and I'm going to do better. And then I start freaking out <laughs> because I ate this huge meal and now I'm digesting it and now my hernia is sticking out oh my God. of my stomach. So now I'm like, I have to go to the hospital. This is, uh, this is going to blow. Like, I was scheduled to have surgery, like, a few days past this. Like I said, this was supposed to be, like, the start of my alcohol-free. <laughs> so I go to the hospital. I convinced my ex to take me to the hospital. He doesn't go in with me. He drops me off. He's like, I think he just didn't want to deal with the, the shit show that was about to ensue. Um, because telling a nurse in triage that I had an edible and she was like, an edible? Yeah, an edible. Like a cookie? Okay. Did you have too many cookies? I don't understand. She's very confused. And I'm like, no, I, I was, it was a marijuana cookie and it was too much. So I'm really happy. Um, so they really, they couldn't do anything for me. They made sure that my hernia was okay and nothing was going to rupture. Um, but basically that I needed to just go home and go to bed. Well, um, my husband was gone to work and it was, you know, getting late. I didn't trust myself to walk around the corner to where I lived. So I called somebody that <laughs> worked with me. <laughs> not, that I knew lived not that far from the hospital um, and she had to come and pick me up from the ER I am stoned out of my mind I don't think I've been this high the entire time we've been together um, but like I get out in the car and I'm sitting there and she's just she's laughing her ass off she drops me off make sure I go into the house okay um, but yeah the next day at work she's telling everybody like I had to go get Mikey and take her to the ER and pick her up from the ER and take her home because she was too high she went to the ER for taking an edible <laughs> yeah <clears throat> I've learned how to do my edibles since then um, yeah I've taught you the art of microdosing yes when when it's really you're just supposed to take half take half 
Maybe even take a quarter. A quarter. <laughs> and then the other quarter. Yeah. And then maybe the half and night to yeah. sleep. Um, learn to say no to your kids instead of just gobbling it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. If you just would have said, no, this is for me, I'll get you your own. Yeah, no, I just shoved it in my mouth because that seemed like the best solution at the time. So now you're ready to quit drinking. Yep. But you weren't, like, you know, because when we met, it was a few months later. Yes. Um, well, after my surgery, I successfully didn't start drinking again. Um, I did start using more marijuana. Um, I kept myself, like, stocked with, like, a vape or a little bit of flour or something. And I would just take a few hits here and there. Um, and that kept me from drinking. And I was okay that way. Um but, like, I would still have, like, a drink socially if I went to a friend's house or out to dinner or something. But didn't I didn't like it anymore. Um, after having that edible and going to the hospital. And I think when I had that edible and I was all, like, confessional and stuff, I really talked myself into quitting drinking. Because after that day, I just really didn't want it anymore. So it was easier for me. As long as I had a little bit of weed. But I didn't have a medical card yet. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, thankfully I do now. But yeah, uh, starting starting marijuana again definitely made, made it easier for me to quit drinking. And through being like more sober and clear-headed and starting to really like think about what I wanted to do with my life and... I realized I was miserable and that my marriage was, it wasn't healthy from either end. Um, we weren't faithful to each other. Um, we avoided each other. We would go days without really speaking, um, except for about the kids. So, and it wasn't the first time that I'd asked for a divorce, but it was finally, nope, we were really, we're done. Um, I had to live with him for a little bit longer until I could move out, so that was really awkward. But I was mostly sober for that. Like, if I went out with friends, I would drink, but I wouldn't drink at home. And yeah. I wouldn't drink at somebody's house, generally. Um, I did have one really bad whiskey night during that. And then we met. Um, <laughs> right after I moved out, actually. Yeah, it was like... A month and a half after you moved out that yep. we met. Yeah, because I, you know, got on the old Tinder and... The old Tinder, Tinder machine. Was, Tinder was so much better than some of the other stuff, though. Like, at first I signed up for um, Plenty of Fish. That's where all the rejects go. Plenty of Fish is not where you want to find yourself on a dating app. No. And if you are, it's only for the stories because... Yeah. Well, when I first started on Plenty of Fish, it was like, oh my god, there's so many people I know. No, no, no. Just constant. Nope, nope, nope. So, yeah, I got rid of Plenty of Fish, and I'd only been on Tinder for like a week, I think, when we started talking. I got lucky. Yeah, you did. So, now, we, we drank together but not like like I said not alcoholically um like you said you had that weekend mm -hmm. um I I never really got I think because AA was so indoctrinated in me that I never got like too smashed mm -mm. um 
there was, you know, a night that you got extremely smashed that I do remember taking care of you and holding your hair back and patting your sweaty head as you were vomiting. Um, Wait, was that the time that I was puking in your parents' basement or the time that I was puking at your house, at your apartment? Because there were two times. All right. There was two different times. No, that's right. I, yeah, that's right. But the other time was what? I think we were in the sun all day. Like, so yeah. like, there was like other circumstances that went into it. Yeah. Um, I think we had some sun poisoning mixed in with the booze that day. Because we really didn't drink enough to be as sick as we were. Now, so then when we finally quit and then quarantine hit. <laughs> and I reminded you that we quit drinking. Uh-huh. It's not that you, it's not even like, hey, let's go. You never even said that. No. But did it cross your mind at all? Like th- this would be easier to get through quarantine if we had drinks right now. Well, I think the only time I really had that kind of thought was like if I was seeing other people post about it or that's all that people would talk about. It was like, oh, what else are we going to do? Day drink. Yeah, there was a ton of posts of people just getting hammered. Yeah. Um, during at like eleven o'clock in the morning. Because they could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was some, I could see that because I you know, I think I was more used to seeing it again in sobriety because I had yeah. like that I had thirteen months you know clean and sober. Yeah, before you ever had another drop of alcohol. Yeah, because you know we got engaged. Uh, a month into dating. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I got back from L.A. when I celebrated my one year and proposed to you because I said, we can't get too serious until I have my one year. Yeah. And so we said, I love you right away in the first night. And that was four days into knowing each other. <laughs> and then I got back from L.A. when I celebrated my one year clean and sober. Mm-hmm. And Ta-da. yeah, so, um, but anyway, and then I, I, I knew I, you know, I was ready to, I, I knew I was ready, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, I've said before, like, I'm not going to really get serious with something unless, like, I know. Yeah. So, but now, cut to a year later, now we're both completely sober. Yeah. And we both use medical marijuana, mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alert, we both, you know, microdose, I kind of, you know, went over everything that I've learned. Yeah. And rehabs and how to use and how to change your relationship. Um, what do you think is the biggest difference between how you use it today compared to how you used it in your 20s when you were drinking? Besides the alcohol, but like... Um, back then I was using it to escape, to just get high. Um, and to like feel better about whatever. But now it genuinely helps like my mental health it helps my spasms from my ms it helps my migraines helps my appetite when i don't want to eat it helps my focus it helps everything okay yeah that's awesome yeah and i don't get stoned all the time no i mean that's the thing is we have dominic five days a week yeah right now he's in the other room playing Mm -hmm. because there's no school that's what i mean about the fair the fair here is so big that there's no school for the week. Nope, they shut everything down because, like, the school buses and, like, parents that, like, drive their kids to school, that you can't get through in any, like, decent amount of time when there's fair traffic. Yeah, so he's home and he's in the other room playing. So, but we don't ever get, like, stoned. Mm-mm. Like, it's not like there's weed sitting all around our house. I think there's bowls and bongs and paraphernalia everywhere. Everything is, like, hidden and locked up and, yep. like, responsive. It's, it's weird to be responsible. 
Yeah. For me, because I went from not being responsible to now all of a sudden there's yeah. like a five year old and I had to be responsible for. I mean, you were smoking in your smoking cigarettes inside of your apartment when we met. And yeah. here you are, you know, uh, approaching two years of living in an apartment that you don't smoke cigarettes in. Well, you know, I had a lot of practice living with my family where I couldn't oh, smoke living with right. them. So I'm that's used to right. walking outside and having a couple and then going back inside. So that's why I would smoke when I lived yeah. alone because it was the only time I could ever just openly smoke. Yeah. In bed or yep. you know in the, in the living room in the living room yeah whatever without yeah. having to like you know take breaks. Yeah. For a cigarette, so yeah. I, I was already used to that. Now, you know, since we didn't go through AA when we got sober, how have our meetings been helping with your sobriety? Um, it's been helping me a lot to realize like a lot of the fucked up shit didn't only happen to me. Because um, when you're getting sober without the 12 steps, you're not really working through everything. Um, and like parts of me, I, I'm intrigued by the steps and I know that you and I have talked about me going through them. And I never wanted to force anybody no. to do them. I was suggested to anybody and everybody, but I'm never going to be like, you need to do this, you have to do this, or we're going to break Ed's, you know, I'll throw it out but there. But we talk about the steps individually in meetings, though, so I can take, like, a little bit from the steps and be like, all right, so that's something that I definitely need to, you know, come to terms with, or that's something that I should work on. Um, and it's it's just helped me to feel less alone and a little bit more normal when we are the furthest thing from normal. But, yeah. We've built a community, and it's nice. What is your favorite thing about having a meeting center? Um, my favorite thing is when somebody tells us in a meeting that they feel safe here and that they can talk openly because that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted people to be able to come in and talk about the heavy stuff, get it off their chest, because just talking about it helps you to set some of it free and it takes away some of that stuff's power when you speak about it to other people and it, um there's an old saying i can't remember it word for word because you know my brain um but uh shared joy is increased but shared misery is lessened so yeah, that's what we come together for. We're sharing our good stuff, we're sharing our bad stuff, and it helps to have a small community to help you carry the load. I love that. And I love you, and we're going to end with that. All right. Thank you so much for sitting down and being so vulnerable. You know, it's not easy for me. I know. <laughs> I appreciate it, and I appreciate you, and I love you very much. I love you too, baby. Happy birthday. Thank you.